Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. If you got your Bibles today, uh, our, our reading is going to come from the book of First Peter. Uh, this is one of the first students of Jesus. This is his book to the church in his, in, in his day and age. It's also uh, a book that uh, is very relevant to us today. That's what amazes me about the Bible is written so long ago, but so relevant for us. Amen. Amen. And today, I want to talk to you a little bit more about your identity in Jesus. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about how you are now an ambassador of Jesus once you have, have accepted his sacrifice and his grace for you. And there's many, um, there's many ways that the Bible kind of lays out who you are now. And, and so two weeks ago, he called you an ambassador. Today, you're going to see how God believes that you are also his living temples or his priests. Uh, because we have this concept that, you know, that there's the priesthood and then there's us. No, the Bible says all of us are actually in the priesthood of believers. And so I want to I talk to you a little bit more about this identity because I believe that you know, in order for you to live out the will of God, you have to first believe who He believes you are. Right. See, we are encouraged to believe in God, but God believes in you too. Yeah, you know, usually you don't hear messages like that. It says, believe in God, but I believe God believes in you. Yeah. How do we know that? Well, why are you here? Yeah. You know, He would have just saved you and shipped you up. But He's like, no, I believe in you to do some things here on this earth before you leave. Amen? Amen. So Peter says this in verse... 1 of chapter 2, it says, so, so meaning now that you know <laughs> who, who you are and what he's done for you, he says, so, so it's an interesting way to start a chapter, so that means, so go back home and read chapter 1, so you can see <laughs> what he's saying by so, all right, so get rid of all evil behavior, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. He's saying like, so come on, that's not you anymore. Okay, this stuff doesn't belong to you. Verse 2, like newborn babies, you must crave spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Please highlight that full experience. Not half experience, not kind of, full. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want just kind of taste God's will. I want the full meal of God's will. I don't want just the appetizer or or the dessert. I want the whole course. Like, I want the fullness of God's will for my life. And this is what Peter's talking about. He says, cry out for this nourishment or this food, okay, the spiritual food. Now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness, right? When you taste something good, you don't go, oh, I'm good. (laughs) When was the last time you had a little filet meal? You're like, oh, just a little, I'm good. Right? You're like, no, give me the whole thing. Like, I mean, I don't want just, don't tease me. Give me the whole thing. You know, that's what fascinates me to me about, you know, church. People like, you know, I went to church. I'm good. It's like, what? You just had a little taste. Don't you want the whole thing? Come on, talk, don't you? Do I have some hungry people in this house or not? Like, fasting is over. It's time to feast now. Okay. Verse 4, it says, you are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, 
but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are, you are, you are living stones that God's building into his spiritual temple. This is who you are. Okay? This is who you are. You are God's living stones that God's building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. You. Not the guy with the collar. You. He is a priest, but so are you. You don't believe me, but this is what he says about you. That's the problem. You believe more about your sin than you believe about what God says about you. We need to believe what God says about us. If I would have said you're a sinner, you'd be like, yeah, I am. No, no, no. You used to be. Now you are God's holy priest. You got to embrace who God says you are. We got to stop letting our feelings tell us who we are and embrace who God says you are. So I'm going to read it again. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Can you say amen? I had a really cool experience last weekend. I got to go on a silent retreat and and spend some time with some monks in Spencer, Massachusetts, a monastery. And it was really cool. I went up there with a good friend of mine, Bill Russell. Not the Bill Russell from the Boston Celtics, but Bill Russell from Westport, Massachusetts. And it was a really, really, really cool experience because the whole goal was to be in silence and learn to practice the presence of God through prayer and meditation. And these monks have a routine they go through every single day of their lives. They wake up at 3 in the morning. Every, hello, somebody. 3 in the morning. You know, 3 in the morning, they wake up, and they have their first prayer time at 3.30 in the morning, which I got to experience. And it was, like, really awesome to wake up that early um, and go outside and feel like the wind of life hitting you in the face. And then you got to go and try to be holy in prayer. Um, but it was really cool because we got to follow their routine. And, and basically, they have a set schedule from 3 a.m. till 8 o'clock p.m. they go to bed. That's their, that's, their, that's their flow every single day of their lives. And some of them have been there for over 30 years. Right? And they told us that they're, basically their schedule is based on three things. It's, it's prayer, silence, and work. They work really hard. They have three businesses in this monastery. They actually have business that is, is actually being uh, exported to different places, imported, I mean, sorry, exported to different areas, not just nationally, but even internationally. I was blown away by that, that these, these monks have these three businesses, and what they do is they brew their own ale. Hello, somebody. They, they produce their own vestments, which means it's like clothing for, for monks and, and priests and whatnot. And then they make amazing jelly. I mean, they were, each, each meal, we got to experience, man, there's a lot of movement going on. Each meal, we got to experience uh, a little bit of their jelly. And uh, this one was my favorite one. I want to show you real quick. This, this was mango pepper jelly. I didn't know there was such a thing as a mango pepper jelly made by the Trappist monks in Spencer, Massachusetts. My friends, it's the bomb. 
as you can see, only one week, I'm already done with my, my kids are like, ew, dad, mango, pepper. I'm like, good, more for me. So I've been indulging myself in this mango pepper jelly. Um, but really cool to see how these monks live their day-to-day life. And then one of them gave a talk on prayer, which was really cool. Uh, because one of the things he said that really spoke to me was the fact that you don't have to be an elite person to pray and experience God's presence. And it was really cool because the people that was there at this uh, silent retreat, they only take 11 people at a time. And we went around kind of introducing ourselves, and each person was really coming from a different walk of life. And what was cool about that is I was the only pastor out of those 11 people, and, and it was cool to be reminded once again that, that God doesn't believe that you have to be elite to be close to him, yeah. right? And that you don't, he even said, he's like, you don't have to be in the ranks of monks to be close to God or to have a, a close relationship with him, right? And it's so critical that we understand that because unfortunately, tradition has kind of diluted this reality that God wants everyone to be close to him. You know, most of us grew up in a tradition where, you know, the, the, the holy people are over here and then the rest of us are down here. Right, right. right? But Jesus comes to really break that tradition to say, no, no, that's not what I had in mind. Now, I call some people to, to be in vocation full time, but I call every person to follow me full time. Yeah. In other words, you, you don't have to be a priest to follow Jesus full time, but you really are a priest in a sense. Are you you tracking so far? So this man, Peter, that we just read about was was one of the first students of Jesus, and he became one of the first pastors of the church, right? And so his letter is really is to encourage those who say they're followers of Jesus. Okay, now here's how you will live your life now that you say, I'm a follower of Jesus. Now that you accepted the sacrifice on your behalf, here's how you live. Now, you have to understand this. From time to time, I have to remind people that Jesus was Jewish. It's so funny to me when you see like images that people have projected of Jesus over the years. It's like we've made Jesus this like really cute European model that has beautiful blonde shampooed hair. You know, like you should be doing commercials for, for you know, some kind of shampoo. Um, and he's got beautiful blue eyes. And, and he looks European, and he speaks perfect English. I hate to break it to you, but that's not really who Jesus is. He was a Jewish man who lived in a Jewish tradition. Why is that important? If you miss that, you will miss the point of scriptures. That they were speaking first, first and foremost to a Jewish audience. Right? Why is this important? Because Peter is saying, listen, I know our entire lives we have equated God with going to a temple. Our entire lives, we thought God is the temple. Like, that's where we most experience God, is by going to the temple and offer sacrifices to Him, and we feel like, man, I feel really close to God here. Right? But He's saying that Jesus came to kind of break that tradition, to say, no, no, I'm, I'm actually greater than the temple. And not only am I greater than the temple, I came to establish temples in human hearts. Not in a building. Are you tracking? This is important. Because even today, 2019, people still think 
and they equate God with a building. And that's a problem. You know, because God even told them when they first built a temple, God's like, you know I don't need a temple, right? The only reason I'm allowing you to build a temple is because you need a place to congregate. But don't get it mixed up. I am not the temple. That's just a place that I choose to meet with you guys. But I'm with you on Mondays. And I'm with you on Tuesdays. I'm with you on Wednesdays. I'm with you on Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays. Why? Because now you are my temple. My friends, I pray we catch this revelation. We are God's temple. Jesus said he came to destroy, not to destroy, but to fulfill the commandments and the authority of the Old Testament. He's saying, look, everything has has been talking about me coming to this point, and now I can take what I know about the Father and put it on your hearts so that wherever you are, you are the temple of the living God. Have you ever seen yourself as God's temple? Have you ever seen yourself as a priest? Because this is what Peter is saying. He's saying, listen, God doesn't see you as a sinner, God sees you as a saint. There's another misconception that we've had. You know, we have a tradition that says, you know, if you do these many things, then you might be qualified for sainthood. But, but, but that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says that everyone now who has met Jesus is a saint. Because the word saint means I'm set apart. I'm distinct for God. I'm not perfect. That's a difference. Right? No, no, no. I am now becoming who I am in Christ. Now, why is this important? Where, where are we trying to get with this? Here's what we're trying to get with this, church. The more you see yourself as a sinner, the more you're going to live a sinful life. The more you see yourself as a saint, the more you're going to live the priesthood life that God has for you. So one of the things, one of the things that we need to break in our minds, there's a stronghold in our minds that only see ourselves the way we used to be. It's important to break that mindset. And that's what the Spirit of God comes to do. The Spirit of God comes to invade your heart and your mind and your soul and your thinking. Because your thinking affects how you feel. And your feelings affect your behavior. And your behavior will in turn affect your identity. And your identity will in turn affect your purpose. And so we need to go back to the beginning, original state of who we're created to be, so that now, if we're thinking the right way, then we're going to feel the right way, and if we're going to feel the right way, we're going to behave the right way, and we're going to have the right identity, and we're going to have the right purpose. Every day, we fight with this. That's why, you know, in March, I said, I'm going to do a series called My Mind's Playing Tricks on Me, because, because I tell you all this, but your feelings are trying to tell you No. So you have to get to a place where you fully, not just believe in your mind, but accept it in your heart, who God says you are. This is what this message is all about. He's saying, listen, now you are God's living temples. You don't go to a temple. No, you go to a congregation of temples. That is such a good thing. Right? Think about it. We are in a middle school. But does he feel like a middle school right now? No, he feels like we're in church. Why? Because the temples have come together to worship.
So worship is the outcome of someone who understands who they are now in Jesus. Right? Our praise, our worship, everything that we are comes from understanding of who we are in Jesus. Because if you don't get that, you will worship based on how you feel. And depending on how your week was, then your worship becomes the outcome of your week. And that's a problem. Because your week could be a roller coaster ride, and it's important to get off that roller coaster and get into the presence of God and say, no, 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 that's, that's the week, but I'm not the week. I'm not what it happened or didn't happen to me. I am who God says I am in Him. So, my friends, it's very important that we embrace who God says that we are. Jesus said, I came to give you a new identity. You are now my priest because my presence is in you. The Spirit of God is in every person who calls on the name of the Lord. Can you say amen? And that's what he means by the full experience of salvation. My friends, catch this. The full experience of salvation is not just forgiveness. That's half of salvation. The other half of salvation is now that I am forgiven, I'm going to live my life as a priest. I'm going to live my life as a representative of who God has created me to live. We have to stop with the false humility that says, I'm just a sinner. Because the more we're thinking that way, the more we're acting that way. And the more we're behaving that way. And that's a problem. Because Jesus is saying, no, I'm putting my spirit in you for you to represent me. And so people shouldn't just see just a sinner. They need to see, no, sinner, by the grace of God now, I live my life in the fullness of his will and purpose for my life. We're not doing ourselves any favors with our pity confessions. What we're doing is we're becoming victims to our past. Oh, you know, it is what it, it is what it is. That's not what the cross came to do. The cross came to change that. Jesus came to change that. And we have to be careful because everything starts with a confession. The more we're saying I'm just, and the more we're going to live a just life. So it's important that I don't just embrace forgiveness, but I embrace my new identity. If I don't embrace my new identity, what's going to happen is I will always identify myself with what I used to do. That's why he said, so, now that you know, of course you want to get rid of all the other stuff. So this is not even like a question of, oh, I'm trying really hard. Well, the more you try really hard, the more hard it is. You notice that? You ever seen a fruit going, I'm trying really hard to be an apple. No, an apple is just an apple. Why? Because it's a product of a fruit, of a tree that bears fruit. You're supposed to be the product of a tree that bears fruit, healthy fruit. You're not supposed to be trying to be an apple. It would be funny if an orange is like, I want to be an apple really bad. That's how I see people try to live their lives. I'm trying really hard. You don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, That's never going to work. How about you yield really hard? 
about you embrace really hard what God has said about you. Right? Because your mind might be playing tricks on you. It's what you used to be versus who you are now. You know, I heard the story of a dog that was on a leash for so long that he would just run around the street and he just made a circle around the street because he was on his leash for so long. Every time people come around, he would just like run and get like pulled back and just keep making this massive like hole around the tree. And then one day they set him free. And what did he do? He kept doing the same thing. My friends, unfortunately, that's how I see people living sometimes. God has set you free, and you're still living like you're still not free. Come on, today is time to embrace who God says that you are. I'm just a sinner. (laughs) And we say it like it's revelation. It's like, bro, we know you were. But what are you now? Right? It's that thing that we used to do in, 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 in elementary school. I know who you are, but where am I? <laughs> well, you're a saint now. You're a priest now. You're a new person now. You know, and it starts with your vocabulary. And I want, I'm praying that we stop shooting ourselves in the foot with our confessions. It all starts with your confession. He says, you're a priest. You're my representative now. Like he sees you as a priest. Understand this. You're not just a student. You're a priest who is a student. You're not just a lawyer. You're a priest who happens to be a lawyer. You're not just a stay-at-home mom. You're a priest who happens to be staying home with these babies that God has trusted you with. You're not just a real estate agent. You're a priest who happens to represent God in the real estate agent business. You're not just a teacher. You're a priest who happens to represent God as a teacher. You don't just work at Burger King. You're a priest who happens to be representing God. And God knows we need priests in Burger King. Don't you think that that was God's idea from the beginning? To make sure he spreads his priests in every area of life so people can get a glimpse of him so if we're not embracing that what is people seeing people that go to a building on a Sunday to check off the religious box no 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 that's when we the priests come together to replenish and get a fresh assignment from the one who runs the whole thing so we can go out again and perform our priestly duties, can you say amen? Amen. Look, book of Revelations, this is another student of Jesus. Book of Revelations messes a lot of people up because we read it wrong. Um, One day, maybe, maybe, I'll I'll tackle Revelations. But I can tell you this right off the bat, majority of Revelations already happened, so stop trying to put Trump in there. First it was Bush, then it was Obama, now it's Trump. We need to stop. Stop trying to interpret the book of Revelation. Just stop. Most of it already happened. What's to happen is going to be awesome when Jesus comes back and establishes what he's going to do. I just messed up a lot of religious people. Wait, that, that wasn't Trump. No, Trump's not there. Russia's not there. Trust me. It's not there. 
Okay? But here's what's there. Look, it says this about you. Look, he has made us a kingdom of priests for God his Father. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A kingdom of priests. How cool is that? Tomorrow morning when you go, you know, hang sheetrock, you're a priest who happens to hang sheetrock. Like, how cool is that? Tomorrow when you go to Starbucks and, and you're making coffee, remember, I'm a priest who gets to make coffee for these crazy people who order like, like you, gotta, you have to have a dictionary to go to Starbucks. <laughs> hey, every time my wife sends me to Starbucks, I'm nervous. So I messed up the lingo and they're going to judge me. Uh, venti, what's a venti? What happened to small, medium, and large? Just, just venting. But you're a kingdom of priests. My friends, this changes the game. Say, I'm carrying the presence of God with me. I'm not trying to bring the presence of God. I'm carrying the presence of God. When a, when a woman is pregnant, she's not trying to carry the baby. She's either pregnant or not. You either have God's presence or you don't. You're not trying to have God's presence. I don't care how she feels, she's pregnant. And we know how she feels like. I, I mean, that may not be a good illustration because... I remember the first time my wife was pregnant, and we're, 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 we're driving from Smithfield Church, and all of a sudden she's like, I really want a hot dog. I'm like, but it's like 10.30 at night. Where are we going to? I want a hot dog. I'm like, okay. We're gonna. <laughs> I'm driving around like every restaurant is closed, and I'm riding, driving like a maniac, taking all the different exits. I got to find a hot dog or something's going to happen. And I finally found a gas station that had those grimy hot dogs. I was like, <laughs> saw like a fine, but I did my best, honey. I brought the hot dog, and our child is fine and well. So, <laughs> Priest, my friends, embrace your new identity because it leads you to a better role in life when you know who you are in Jesus. Yeah. You see, I am a full-time pastor, but you're a full-time Christian. And I'm not a pastor if I'm first not embracing my role, my identity first. It's not about a title. It's about your identity. Isn't it funny? Some people that you work with, they have titles, but they don't know what to do with it. Right? The worst manager is the manager who's still insecure. And instead of managing, he's freaking out. Now he's hurting everybody in the process. And you just want to be like, I wish you knew who you were. This thing would go better if you knew who you were. Or the mom who hasn't fully embraced the role of motherhood. And you end up yelling at these kids instead of speaking life into them. Not that you don't have your yelling moments. But at some point you got to catch your breath and go, wait, God designed me for this. He built me for this. He's blessed me for this. So I'm going to approach this thing from a priest mindset that I am here to be a blessing to these kids and speak life over them. And imagine that happens in your marriage. Like, man, that's not just my wife. I am a priest in this, in this relationship and I'm going to speak life into my wife or vice versa. I'm going to speak life into my husband. Y'all ain't talking to me. This is what it's all about. It's about bringing life 
Instead of saying what used to be, let's talk about what he meant to be as priests. He says we offer spiritual sacrifices, all of us. See, when you're worshiping, when the worship leader says, raise your hand, he's saying like, hey, let's offer a spiritual sacrifice to the Lord. He says your life becomes a sweet fragrance to God. You know how cool is that? Like, you never walk by people, you're like, oh, you smell so good. Well, that's what he's saying a sacrifice is. It's like, man, your life now smells really good to the Lord. Because you're his priest. You bring, you know, the, the, you know, some of us grew up in the Catholic church with the incense. Remember the incense? I miss that part of the Catholic church. It smells so good. And I got to, you know, experience that at the monastery. It's like, oh. But you know, like, do you understand the concept of the, of the incense? He's saying that. You see how they hold it, right? The strings. It's supposed to be a symbol of God's got my life. And as I follow him, I bring joy to him. Wow. And, I, and, and my life smells good to the Lord as I bring my life to him. See how religion messes us up? All our lives were like, what is this thing? <laughs> Some of you are off the board, you're like... So what are you doing? I don't know. The priest said. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes. But that's, that's the whole point. He was saying, I want you to every day be my priest. I wanted to title this message, Everyday Priests. Because that's who we are. I want you to embrace Christ. Right? And I love the way that Paul explains this. He says, okay, how do you do that on a day-to-day basis? How do you become a priest now to the Lord? And I'm going to read from the message translation, Romans 12. I love this. It's just, it opens it up for you. This is what it means to be a priest every day. Look, he says, so here's what I want you to do, right? God helping you, because you're crazy. You need God to help you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to His level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you develops well-formed maturity in you. That's what it means to be an everyday priest. We take our lives, and we put it before the Lord every day. Every single day, you wake up, and you remind yourself of who you are in Him. If you don't remind yourself of who you are in God, the world will remind you of who you used to be. Because every day, you go to work with people who haven't woke up yet to who they are. So all they do is talk about the past. And so if you don't embrace your role, then you find yourself falling right back into the same. And he's saying, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to just fit into your culture anymore. Because you know too much. You've been exposed to too much to talk like everybody else, to act like everybody else, to behave like everybody else. The reason why, this is, I hope you catch this, the reason why most of us struggle through life is because we haven't embraced our new identity. 
Every week we get prayer requests about addiction. You know why? Because we keep hanging out with addicts. And we keep putting ourselves back into places where we don't fit anymore. And so that's why we find ourselves torn between God and the world. Because we haven't made up our minds. Now you're like, okay, who's going to reach them? Well, you only reach them if you know you've been reached. You can't give what you don't have. And we need to stop. Catch this. We need to stop being loyal to dead things. Because in the world, they say, yo, I'm with you through thick and thin. It's like, wait, but we're dying. Why be loyal to something that's dying? We're no longer supposed to be loyal to that anymore. Because we've been awoken to something new. And everybody is welcome to follow that, amen? But this is who we were created to be, my friends. Priests. Holy. Set apart. Distinct. Living our lives for Him. Let me summarize it this way. Here's what your priestly duties are. On the day to day. It looks like this. With people who pray. You get up and you pray. You pray for yourself. You pray for your family. You pray for your, for your place of work. You, you pray for your city. You pray for your nation. You don't bash your nation. You pay for it. You pray for it. You're the priest. You're interceding for your nation. You worship. Why do you worship? Because if you're not worshiping God, you will end up worshiping things. And people. So worship put things in the right perspective. I'm not God, but I know who he is. That's why every time we get together as priests, the first thing we do is worship and pray. So we can get our perspective right. And then we work. You know, those priests told me that their business is, is generating 1.2 million a year. How cool is that? Okay, because we think, oh, they, all they're doing is praying. No, they're praying and working. And please, my friends, it's prayer and work. It's not prayer and wishful thinking. Because too many of us are like, God, I want a financial breakthrough. Yes, pray and go work. And the financial breakthrough will come. Right? We stand for life. My friends, there's a battle for life in our nation right now. Where are the priests who will say, no, no, no. God designs every human being. We're not God. Let's not play this God game. My friends, we need to be praying for our nation to wake up. We seek justice. Remember, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. When there's injustice, God says, bring justice. Bring healing. Bring peace. Because you are the light and the salt of the world. That's the whole point of being a priest. That's why I told you the greatest injustice is for us to do this church thing and then go live like everybody else. No, we're supposed to do this church thing and bring it so people can see light, they can see salt, and they can see Jesus in us. Can you say amen? Amen. Come on, do you receive that today? This is who you are. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.